No, they only had one good vampire that fought by their side, Austin. <laughs> Damn it! We don't need to relitigate this. Ryan and Carolyn don't care. <laughs> We've seen it all before, so let's reload on a very special episode of shows that sucked and shows that flowed. Buckle up, buttercup, it's a bumpy road. Going deep inside the mainframe secret code. Some of this shit stinks, some of it's gold. special episode the podcast which reviews bad episodes of good shows because you the portion of our audience who cared enough to vote and then voted for that specific option out of four possible choices demanded it me host austin gorton and eating giant slab of raw meat is i'm gonna say that one is for me uh ryan alexander tanner <laughs> uh thinking fire bad is david bits offer and finally, wearing not but a loincloth. <laughs> Me, Carolyn Maine, booga boog. Rawr. I thought the intro I was going to get was slut, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you are a slutty idiot. Yeah. See? See? Yeah. See? You see? <laughs> this really does write itself. <laughs> I, I, I have a, one, but I'm going to save it because it's probably the best line in the show. and I'm going to let it happen naturally. All right. This week, we are kicking off our Bad Episodes from Good Shows Listener Choice Marathon with Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 4, Episode 5, Beer Bad, in which a humped and dumped Buffy slams a few beers with some douchey college guys, beers which happen to have been magicked up by a townie wanting to teach those smug college assholes <laughs> a lesson. I can so dig it. The whole it. group ends up turning into cavemen in a shameless attempt to perpetuate the lie that beer is bad. Because we all know, I mean, beer's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, you, do you drink the most beer out of any of it? Probably David, actually, huh? Yeah, uh, if, if the question is who drinks the most, the answer is probably David. Thanks. David, you lush. David, David, David. <laughs> do you know how David's not even, like, jumping in to defend himself? Did his show quit? Because his face is freeze for me and like this dreamy wistful point. Oh, you're right. He is. He just had oh, he's, there, he's back now. now. He's back. Are you alive, David? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm alive. <laughs> Are you being a dick, David? Uh, always. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. Uh, Austin, do the orphans know how many votes this went out by? Yes, but the orphans may have left that in their other pair of ghoul pants. They have two pants? <laughs> well, like, uh, as, a, <laughs> as a whole. We gotta as cut their pay. <laughs> two group pants with a yeah. hole in it. Okay. Yeah, exactly. We gotta dock their pay. Yeah, and their tattered that. rags. I left <laughs> them in my other tattered rags. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, but I believe it won out by like two or three votes. See, oh, wow. people voting matters. Pay attention. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you can win an election with two or three votes. <laughs> two or three fucking <laughs> votes. Yeah, this is big podcasting, baby. Yeah, when when like five people vote, that's how things go usually. When... Yeah. yeah, exactly. It doesn't <laughs> take a huge majority to, to sway things. Um, so let's see. I guess Ryan, we'll start with you. What is your relationship with Buffy the Vampire Slayer? I've that I can remember, I have seen it one time. <laughs> like you've seen everything once or you've seen one episode prior to this? I've seen one episode once. <laughs> and yeah. I always knew about this show. I think I, the main reason I've never watched this show, I think, is because while it was on, we didn't have DVD and shit. Yeah. And I missed the boat. I remember I watched it once and I thought it was good. And I've always meant to watch it. And I just never have. Uh, so I had basically no context for almost everything going on in this episode. Like, I don't know who anyone is and who's a recurring character and who's only in this one. Right. Uh, but, I, yeah, I was meant to watch it. I mean, TV's gotten so much better now, too, in general, that I think it's a little harder to go back and binge a, a 90s show. Than, but I would watch yeah. this. This kind of reminded me. Uh, and I didn't think this was especially bad. I don't have a basis of comparison. So um, this did kind of make remind me like, oh, yeah. I wanna, I wanna. And there, how much is there? Like six seasons of it? Seven. Seven. Mm-hmm. So that's the other thing. Is there's like a lot is the other <laughs> reason, I think. Because it's like 20 episode seasons, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's the traditional sort of seven, 22 episodes. Well... First season is 13 episodes because the first okay. season was a like mid-season uh, fill-in. So it started in the back half of the season and then episodes two through seven are 22 apiece. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I've always been like into nerdy shit, so I've always been aware of it, but I've never actually yeah. watched yeah. it. Uh, how about you, Carolyn? Uh, my relationship with Buffy would be similarly humping and dumping it. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure. I, I think I watched like one and my boyfriend watched it when they happened and he kind of likes these. So he was sitting next to me knowledgeable and I was just like, yeah, I've never gone into Buffy or Supernatural, which is similar. But as far as yeah. I know, Buffy is like a really good version of Charmed, right? Sure. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Like Charmed wanted to be Buffy. Yeah, yeah, I would. I'm no charmed fan, but oh, so Q, you missed I that may, one. <laughs> so I may I may not be the best voice, but I would agree with that assessment. Is it like the OG '90s magic teenager show? Yeah, yeah, this one, yeah. Is yeah. it Buffy, is this Buffy before is. Sabrina were, the Teenage Witch? I know that's a sitcom, but uh, is this, this before be that, right? After slash roughly contemporaneously to contemporaneously. Um, this started in '97. Okay. Uh, Sabrina started in 96, so roughly contemporaneous, too. Okay. But Archie had Sabrina for 100 years before. Yeah, 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 no, that's just the the Melissa Joan Hart starring TGIF Sabrina Teenage, which started the year before this. Well, this was based on a movie from, like, 91 or something. Yeah, 92, I think. Which I saw when it came out. Oh, really? Yeah, I saw it in the theater. Yeah. Right. The movie is pretty cool. I've seen the movie like once or VHS, but <laughs> more than I've seen the series as well. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh David, how about you? Well, I did actually I rented the movie and uh and I actually liked it. And then 
Uh, I didn't get into the series until it was like season five I started watching. Like, I just decided to watch an episode. And it, it actually posited a question. Well, basically, the big reveal at the end was that the big monster she's going to have to fight that season isn't a demon, but a god. So then I got really curious as to what the difference between a demon and a god is, and they actually never answer that, but that's... Quiet! <laughs> <laughs> but, but it was quite the hook for me anyway, so then I uh, I ended up like re- starting to watch it. Like I was in college at the time, so I just started from season one and watched all the way up, and then pretty much watched six and seven as they happened, and I really liked it. It was really fun. It's really fun and interesting, and I guess the kind of uh, Buffy 101 of it is that like how much metaphor they get out of all these demon situations for like growing up and such and trying to make it relatable and such and puberty is the real demon yeah something like that <laughs> is like it the good all the way through like Austin and David <laughs> I mean it, it has its peaks and valleys like, yeah in the show that right, it's like the seasons. last season shitty, or is it end well? I heard this season is shitty. Like yes. season four was bad. This is right? the worst yeah. season. Yeah, we're in the middle of the desert. Um, season four is considered the worst season. Um, I think seasons. I think it, and the finale is great. Yeah, it, it's a it it ends well. Well, that's important. Um, mm-hmm. And season seven is not the best season, but it's not the it's solidly in the middle. Yeah, yeah. season season four is the worst. Then season six yeah. is the second worst, and then you can go up in the air after that. I might even say season seven. Yeah, like the ending was good, but then but then it's all pretty quality, though. I think that's another thing about I think why I haven't gone back and watched these is because this is before they started seeing shows as like a finite yeah thing like shows have like an arc now like a show like breaking bad where they'll decide early on when they're going to end it mm-hmm. and move yeah. towards that ending whereas this is still when shows would just go until they weren't popular anymore and then they'd wrap them up right like yeah and uh they, shows just feel differently then they're more episodic and like less of a big picture you know right yeah they the finale of buffy does a pretty good job of kind of tying it all together at least at least thematically like the what happens in the finale sort of on a thematic level very much ties in with sort of the whole point of the show and the whole message of the show um in a really strong way cool um yeah so yeah if you can't tell i'm a huge buffy fan. <laughs> yeah. there it is. this is I was waiting. this is in my top five favorite shows of all time oh wow maybe, okay. maybe number two or three depending on how i might want to rank them yeah. i didn't know you liked it that much Damn yeah it. no this is one of my favorite shows it was it was in my top five last i did yeah. rankings i don't know if it'd when still you... be there after some other shows i've seen but yeah yeah i mean that's it's it's always changing a little bit mm-hmm. do you feel like you had to watch it at the time or do you think if i went in and watched it all i would really oh, love i think it? i think it absolutely holds up okay um I mean, yeah, it's it's got it's got '90s, uh, you know, late '90s, early thousand kind of tropes and things to sure. it. Sure, but um, it it does a it does a really good job at being both episodic and serialized in a way that even a lot of shows nowadays struggle with. Yeah, um, it's you know every for the most part every season has kind of an arc to it, and there's a few standalone episodes and then there's the episodes that kind of contribute to the arc of the of the season and um 
you know, some of the effects work early on is wonky because it's a little more low budget and whatnot. But uh, yeah, no, I think it holds up. I mean, I've gone back and rewatched it um, a number of times since it originally aired. So is this like a famously shitty episode? Uh, this is generally considered amongst fans the worst episode of the series. Okay. And you agree um, with that? Yeah, for the most part. Um, mainly just because it's boring more than anything <laughs> else. And kind of and, and ham-fisted in its, in its message. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> if there is a message. If there is yeah, a message. Yeah, it's really unclear. Yeah, we'll get to yeah. that. Um, there's, the se- season one is, pretty, is the roughest season just in terms of like, kind of they're finding their voice and it's the most low budget and whatnot. So I would, I mean, there's probably episodes from the first season. I would watch this over um, just because it's a little bit smoother and less rough around the edges, but just in terms of objective quality, this is definitely one of the worst episodes. That they did. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, Buffy is also one of those rare shows that I started like David, I started watching it in the fifth season. I'm usually anal retentive and won't start a show unless I can watch it from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got suckered in. Like you, Ryan, I was kind of like, I was into geeky stuff enough to know this was a thing that was on yeah. and that I would probably like it. And I heard that the fifth season premiere was going to be Buffy versus Dracula. Mm-hmm. And that was one of those like comic booky, high concept kind of ideas that made me go, oh, I think I want to check this out and see what, you know. This character who's a vampire slayer facing off against, like, the main vampire guy, what that's going to be all about. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I watched that, the, the premiere, and just the character interactions and stuff were enough to keep me hooked and keep me watching. And then it was, I mean, this is one of those shows, like you said, pre-DVD, where I was, like, reading about previous episodes and, like, <laughs> episode guidebooks and stuff because uh-huh. there was no way. There was, like, some VHS tapes right. collections of, like, a handful of episodes from previous seasons, but like, and then finally a, like FX or TBS or one of those started airing it in syndication. So I was able to go back and like watch all of the early stuff even before the DVDs came out. But I just want to say going back a couple minutes that I really liked that you described Dracula's status as the main vampire guy. Is he not the main vampire guy? He's though? like, it's like he's not really the leader or the king. He's just the main vampire. Right. Well, that's. I want to say leader would suggest that he like all vampires are subservient. No, to they're him, really right? not. He's they're just not. like the main main one. vampire guy. Exactly. Is he in charge of Count Chocula? He outranks him. Yeah. Yeah. Where's well, they're both counts. Yeah. See this. <laughs> Yeah, but Dracula's the main one. Yeah, he's, he's main count. Main count. Dracula. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, diving into the episode, I suppose, um, we have a brief previously on. That oh, who's the us... voice of that? I like that. It was like, previously on Buffy the Vampire. Uh, I can't even. <laughs> that, is, that would be uh, Giles, yes. who you met later in the episode, the uh, older British guy that was he's the uh, old librarian dude that houses yeah. the teens. Yep. Yes. Oh. He does. Okay. He does the previously on. Uh, okay. He's always exasperated by these teens. Those dang millennials. <laughs> he's he's so charmingly befuddled by <laughs> so, teens and shenanigans. So, so are they in high school at the beginning of the series? Yes. And so this is like as they've gotten into college. That was the vibe I got. This yeah, is their first year. year of college. Okay. Woo, college. And in true serialized TV uh, habits, 
this is the first season that they're in college, and then next season they sort of pay lip service to the idea that they're in college, <laughs> and then very qu- and then very quickly they're like young adults trying to make it in the world because they're like it was hard enough coming up with one season's worth of college stories that they just kind of gave up on it. That's I love cool. a good college year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it's very much the college year. Well, this is well, I get annoyed because like. Buffy ends up leaving college because it's like too difficult to like be a vampire slayer and be in college. I mean, that's fair. And yeah, but there's like this organization called the Watchers, right? I mean, yeah, the Watchers. Yeah. And uh, they. I was just making sure I wasn't confusing it with Marvel. And so, <laughs> yeah, oh, so right. the Watchers. And so, and like they're like a big organization. They're kind of like Illuminati esque almost, but they're like in charge of Buffy. But then, like, when she leaves college, like, there's a whole bunch of stories about her, like, having to get a job and making ends meet. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. can't you just float her, like, a stipend or something? Because she's, like... Are they, like, a rich organization? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Seemingly, they yeah. They have a building. They have oh, a large, on, gothic yeah. building in England. Do you guys... What do you think is harder to put yourself through college if you're a vampire slayer or a single mother? Uh, wow. Well, I mean, ultimately, what happens to Buffy is that she becomes both. Does she? That's the that's the other reason that that's the other reason that she leaves college is because her mom dies. Yeah, yeah. And she and she has to take care of her magically inserted into the continuity sister. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's the whole season five arc is all about. Like the episode begins, and you're like, "Wait, Buffy has a sister now," and everyone acts like she's been there all along. Uh And the whole arc of the fifth season is sort of explaining where she came from and why that is. And, oh, okay. Uh, but then her mom dies in one of the most wrenching hours of TV ever. Well, thanks, uh, man. Now I'm not going to bother watch the show. She dies by a wrench? Yes, she is <laughs> buried under a pile of wrenches. I uh, No, it's, it's like one of the best hours of TV I've ever... Like, it is phenomenal at making you feel emotions. Huh? Uh, so, yeah, previously on Buffy... Buffy had sex with a guy who then dumped her, and uh, Xander is a townie trying to hang around with his friends who are going to college, and uh, Oz, played by Seth Green, who you don't find out in this episode, uh, but we knew if you were watching, is also a werewolf. Oh, he is? Uh, is, Yes. Uh, He is oddly attracted to some random girl. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. So, wait, I have a couple questions. Yeah. Um, Well, like, on this show... Like, is magic a secret? Uh, yes and no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it gets less secrety as the show goes on, and this season is kind of the turning point where it becomes a little less secrety. It, it's like everybody kind of has supernatural experience. Like, my interpretation is like everyone like will encounter the supernatural, but most of them don't want to talk about it because then they'll think everyone else thinks they're crazy, even though everyone else has experienced it too. And so it's like, it so happens, like, you just don't talk about it. Jeez. Okay. Um, yeah. In the first, like when they were still in high school, the the recurring gag, whenever like vampires would show up or whatever, the the gag was like, oh, it was, it was teens on PCP. Yeah. It was like drug, it was like drug crazed teens caused all of this problem. And in the third season, you find out that the mayor of their town is an ancient demon. And so he's basically like helping cover up with the sort of authorities 
the supernatural goings ons, and that's how they kind of keep it a secret. But so does like everyone know that Buffy fights vampires, or is that like something that she does on the under? Uh, she, she does that most. Like her friends know, but like the city as a whole is not aware that she there doesn't are vampires. And yeah. she, fights she doesn't advertise it, but she doesn't hide it either. Yeah, like I guess. she doesn't wear a mask or anything mm-hmm. when she's running around at night slaying vampires or anything. And I guess we should also note that it Sunnydale, where they live, is on what they call a hell mouth. Uh, so that's oh, like just like Bayside. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Very much, makes Very sense. much like Bayside. Um, also in Southern California. So yeah, uh, same hell mouth. So the idea is that being positioned over this hell mouth draws demons there and mm-hmm. like infuses the area with like magical energy and stuff and that's why these things happen there when they don't happen yeah so th- things are more supernatural in sunnydale than in the rest of the well okay and she fights vampires but there's like witches and werewolves yeah, and yeah she's more of a monster of like- hunter like the series starts off with her kind of just focusing on vampires but it quickly moves on to her fighting all sorts of monsters branches out yeah and as the, as the characters get older and they have like a spin-off show and all of that, they sort of branch out and explore more of the kind of like subculture of supernatural elements and magic and stuff and reveal that there are more elements of society in this area that are aware of it than initially were let on and things like that. Right. Like this the the villain of this whole season who we <laughs> in the in the first scene is part of like a clandestine government group that is trying to I forget, like harness the power of demons or something yeah. like that to to weaponize them for the government and so that's where the first kind of indication you get that like at least on a some national level the government is aware that this demony supernatural stuff is going on in this in the scene All right. so the cold open begins with uh, Buffy dusting a bunch of vampires to save the guy that slept with her and then dumped her. Um, and that guy's not a major character. He's just no. in a couple episodes. Yeah. He's in the like previous couple episodes, and this is his last. Episode. Okay. He's just a fuck boy. Oh, so he dies mm-hmm. at the end. Maybe. Well, we'll get to we'll get to that. I, I have some things. I have yeah. some things to say about uh, <laughs> about his fate. But yeah, he's, he's basically the like. Oh, you go. He's the the vehicle for the like. You go off to college. You meet a nice guy, and then he turns out he just wants to have sex with you, kind of. Trouble. Yeah. Um, and uh, not that this necessarily makes the episode bad, but this is the only action we actually see throughout the entire episode. Oh there's yeah. A, there's a bunch of cave. There's a fire. Dude, there's a fire. You're all right. <laughs> there's, there's some a bunch slapstick, of... like with a <laughs> stick. <laughs> People do get yeah, it, banged with a stick. It also yeah. smacks very much of how, at this point, the show had kind of evolved past, like David said, Buffy just fighting vampires, but there's still this element of like, well, it says Vampire Slayer in the title of the show. We have to show her at least fighting one vampire, and so they <laughs> kind of like shoehorn in ways to have her do that when it's not really germane to the overall plot. Because guess what? It turns out that this whole thing where she fights vampires and saves this guy, and he's all like, oh, Buffy, thanks for saving me. It's just a daydream because she's in her psych class where in the real world that guy's making googly eyes at some other girl and uh, the 
professor who is, spoiler alert, secretly the villain of the season. What? I don't even remember on. the professor. <laughs> She's going on and on about the id and the pleasure principle. Oh, yeah. I wonder if that's going to come up in this episode. I don't, I, David, I mean... TV. How could you expect it to are, know these things? Are they, are they going to play like Gary Newman's The Pleasure Principle? That's what I'm waiting for. Wasn't there a Janet Jackson album, The Pleasure Principle? Could be. I feel like there was. Uh, so yeah, that prompts another daydream. Uh-huh. And we get our credits. Mm-hmm. That's weird that she like goes back to the same fantasy. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was a little strange. Well, this time there's haagen involved, though. Yeah, uh, that was pretty better, good. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so in the next scene coming back from the credits, uh, Xander pops up. Xander is their token uh, non-powered friend who becomes exceptional due to his unexceptionalness. Yeah. No. That was the bargain. Uh, you're guy. so wrong. I'm looking at him and I'm trying to figure out his skill set and why he's there at all. Because he's like justifying how he's going to be closer to the plot now that he's a bartender. So is this is he even in college or is he just stalking these no, ladies? He is not in the college. He is a townie at this well, point. Well, he was friends I mean, with them from a high school. And go to college. Yeah. <laughs> and and he never becomes exceptional, Austin. He he, he never <laughs> is useful in any way. You guys, is he the screech? No, he's significantly less annoying. Yeah. He's a nice guy and he tries his yeah. best, but yeah. So he's David, just he's, their buddy. David, he's the one who sees everything. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote I wrote him down. David as... David is not buying the thematic elements that they laid out for him. <laughs> but like, yeah, the idea is he like he's a, a regular on the show. I mean, he's one of the the main cast of characters is Buffy, Willow, Xander, and Giles. That's like mm-hmm. the first four main characters. They're the four around which everything kind of centers and And Willow is the chick the one time at band camp chick, right? Yes, yeah. correct. Yes. And, and then who are the other ones? Buffy, her. Buffy, her, the, the bartender, Xander. Okay. Um, and then Giles, the old British guy. Oh, it's not Seth Green? No, he He's, He only has a short stint, right? Yeah, he was, um, he was like a part-timer in the second season. He was around for all of the third season. And uh-huh. then he actually leaves the show in the in the episode after this one. Oh, okay. I thought he was a core. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, no, he was. I mean, he was definitely like part of the core gang when they were in high school. Um, but he, Seth Green leaves the show. So the bartender guy is Xander. Yes, I yes. wrote in my notes. I called him not Matt Dillon. Uh, <laughs> he is very not Matt Matt Dillon ish in this episode. So um, this is our second feature we've done with seth green in it so he might be winning is that right yeah we did it oh, yeah. right. he wasn't much in that but because but of the Hellmouth thing i feel yeah. like it's the same character or it could be you know Richie you can, Tozer you can always puberty you can always find seth green near a Hellmouth. yeah <laughs> that's where he comes from yeah so the idea is so buffy is the vampire slayer willow ends up uh Gain, sort of learning how to be a witch and a lesbian uh, and a lesbian, and a lesbian. yes um and then so she turns oz evil a, at some point of course yes uh oz is a werewolf uh giles is buffy's watcher which is what david alluded to earlier he's <laughs> sort of the the one he's like her professor x basically like he's supposed to be teaching her how to be a slayer and what 
you know, how to kill certain demons and all that kind of stuff. And he was the high school librarian. And one of the reasons that this season flounders is that it struggles to find a way to integrate both Giles and Xander into the plot lines because Giles is the school librarian, but they're not at that school anymore. Just switch schools like Mr. Belldog. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, I don't know why they never did that. Like, they didn't just have him get a job at the college in some capacity. And it'd make kind of sense in that that's what he'd be trying to do. Like, it's weird when Belldog, like, moves schools for the kids, (laughs) but, like... Because he doesn't have, like, like, a supernatural reason to be stalking them. Right. He he hasn't been, like, charged with shepherding the uh, growth of this supernatural warrior like Mm -hmm. Giles has. Wait, when did Mr. Belding switch schools? Oh, the Indiana oh, to... He went from Indiana oh, okay. To he wasn't oh, in the right. college he, years, though. He only like visited at the one but, time at college with Marsha Ward. Yeah. <laughs> and then Mr. Feeney switched he schools for those kids, yeah. remember? Yeah. 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 So then, so the, yeah, so the idea is, like, throughout, and then, like, they have a, they have a couple of uh, good vampires that fight by their side at various stages. And no, they only had one good vampire that fought by their side, Austin. <laughs> David, we don't need to relitigate this. Ryan and Carolyn don't care. <laughs> and so the, so the idea is that like their group always has like these various uh, supernatural or like specifically knowledgeable characters. And then there's always Xander, who's just the like the Zeppo of the group. <laughs> I, they could have had him go to college, though, right? Like they didn't yeah, have to make him I mean, seem the idea as is useless. Supposed to be that he's like poor and dumb, and that's why he doesn't <laughs> go to college with them. But they didn't have to. Like they could have written around. Yeah, him there's a lot of dumb people who go to college. I'll just put it that yeah, way. exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. So there you go. That's that's Xander. So one of the recurring bits throughout this season is that Xander. Uh, always has like a different job from episode to episode uh, as he's trying to like find his place in, in life. So this, ep- this episode, he is the bartender at the local pub uh, because he has a hilariously fake, fake ID. And so he is the bartender and he is practicing his like bartender. Give me a shoulder to cry on. Yeah. And Buffy is too busy still working her way through being dumped by Parker, the guy that slept with her and dumped. He's he's using a lighter to mimic uh, smoke, like lighting somebody's cigarette and ask them for problems. And they never actually discuss any problems with cigarettes, only beer, sort of. So then uh, (laughs) we go to the next scene where Buffy stops by the bar where Xander is being overwhelmed because, as they pointed out in the previous scene, he doesn't know shit about bartending. He just yeah. knows what he's seen in movies. Well, he's also being overwhelmed because he's asking eight different people what their order is instead of going like yeah. one at a time like all I've, bartenders do. I've never seen a bartender give a shit about what a bunch of people want all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> You're and like, this just, is the greatest bar ever. They just take forever and they don't care. Yeah, they just point. I stand at the bar and then they always pick me last. After going through like four different rows of other people, and then when they switch, who's in front? Yeah, yeah. They get that sometimes. They don't. I don't know, David. Don't like uh, John Taffer and Bar Rescue seems to think bartenders should be able to like make eight drinks at once for. All yeah, different. yeah. How many I times have you been to a bar where that happens, though, Austin? <laughs> Zero. 
right? And I guess there's a difference. I mean, to be fair, if I go and order four drinks, they'll make four drinks, but they just don't take multiple orders from multiple people for the most part. Unless you don't just stand there and shout at the bartender. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whiskey, soda. (laughs) Another reason Xander is a shitty bartender is he hands them their pitcher with his hand inside the Poor like, form, bro. I would, I would, uh, I'd question like why this bar owner hired him when he isn't a bartender, or like why he doesn't care that he's so shitty at his job. Yeah. But we'll quickly, we'll quickly find out. There's a reason this bar this, owner doesn't give a shit. Yeah, this bartender a... is a very interesting character, and I'll say one of the failings of theirs is not presenting him in this scene because he only has one scene and he goes all the way through. <laughs> well, it's like two. Well, he only has one, like. Real scene. You see it. Uh, we'll get to it when you Is first. Yeah. I missed something at some point. I can't wait for to him. Help me out He's with crazy. this. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Buffy stops by the bar. She bumps into Riley. Uh, who is this? Is the point of the season where they're they're doing like repeated meet cutes? He turns into her love, her like long standing love interest this season. Poor uh, Riley. He is a character who gets a raw deal on this show. By mm-hmm. So that's uh, the guy she runs into. So not the rich kids, right? No. Correct. Not the, the rich the, kids. The, the ones is... that are a dick to him. No, this is right? just a guy she runs into to remind us that he exists and yeah. doesn't really serve the episode. It's just like anytime she would talk to someone, I would be like, I don't know if they... I'm sorry, I'll just shut up. Yeah, no, I get no, it. That's... Yeah, that's... This is that's half fun of doing these <laughs> explaining things to the uninitiated. <laughs> like, what? Uh, so yeah, he will turn into her love interest this season and become part of the group. But at this point, they are just uh, bumping into each other, and he is adorably wholesome. Mm-hmm. That's kind of his his shtick. And I then, bet he uh, dies. No, he doesn't die, but he gets a raw deal because he's not bad boy enough. Yeah. Uh, um. So meanwhile, Xander is trying to hit on an attractive lady at the bar, but he gets dunked on by a douchey college guy. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, that's when yeah. we see the bartender I mean, doesn't give a shit. Well, yeah. Because when I saw the scene, like, he's getting dunked on by the douchey rich guy, but then Xander kind of brings it on himself by, like, inserting himself into a conversation that he's like, mm-hmm not needed in like it was very obvious that these two patrons just wanted to talk to each other and then he's just like hey 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 pay attention to me and now i'm like well you're bringing <laughs> don't mess with the bull if you don't want the horns you know <laughs> you're, you're inserting yourself into this and now what do you expect to happen now this douchey guy takes it a little far that's also true but but xander's also the douchey guy yeah I couldn't tell how we were supposed to feel about these guys because they mm-hmm. were kind of dicks. But then she's like hanging out drinking beer with them, so I'm like, oh, are they supposed to be all right? Or yeah, they? and they and they don't seem yeah, to like it's... try to rape her or anything. Which, <laughs> well, that's not a standard yeah. of <laughs> which says something about like what our standards for decent guys are at this stage, like relative to '99 when this aired, where we're like. What? A lady's hanging out with college guys drinking beer and they don't try to rape her? Those guys are fucking saints! Well, I mean, it's not like it's not like it's like a train headed toward rape station this whole time. We'll get there. Yeah. But then... Maybe it's the beer's fault, though. Beer bad. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's they're magically changed by the beer. I would yeah. say, based on their behavior of getting drunk with Buffy and just chilling out with her, that these are good guys. They're all right. Yeah, but they weren't Until good to Xander, though, too. Until they're into primitive men, they seem like they're condescending. Yes. But yeah. 
their their conduct is totally fine. Yeah, they're, they're assholes, but they're not like criminals, I guess. Or I don't know. They're any. like pricks. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're friendly pricks. <laughs> yeah. um, yeah, where Buffy point... calls herself a, a slut and an idiot, which is what I was referencing. Mm. Which I was a little jarred by. Yeah. Well, when before when Xander's dealing with the douchey guy, and then he Xander pulls out the like, let me see your ID or not getting beer, and then the uh, bar owner is just like, just give him his beer. I yeah. thought it was kind of clever because at the time it just appears that this guy's like greedy and, you know, he's just like, I don't care if they're underage. I just want their money for beer. But oh, then it exactly. turns out he has alternative reasons for wanting them to be served, you know? Yeah. So it's kind of clever. Although what's not yeah. clever is it's called, what, Black Frost or something? Yeah. But it's like the lightest clever? beer on the planet. So I'm like, what, yeah. what, should it be a stout or something if it's called Black Frost? And, Seems like yeah, that's, a real, uh, that's a real beer drinker's gripe. <laughs> <laughs> that beer was a lager when clearly a beer called Black Frost would be an ale. Yeah, no, it'd be a stout or a porter. Which, David. Yeah, it would be a porter or stout, which are ales. Yeah, that's right. Um, yes. Uh, so yeah, Xander tries to console Buffy. Uh, she walks away from the bar and then bumps into a friend of the douchey guy that was hassling Xander. Like, so, literally bumps into yeah, no, bumps, the second like, man second time. throws herself into so. <laughs> on accident. And uh, they invite her to their table. Uh, then we go to a scene that really has no bearing on this episode. <laughs> it's all it's all set up for the next episode when mm-hmm. Oz leaves. Um, he and Willow are at non-21 plus bronze which is like that's their like teenage hangout throughout the show when Mm -hmm. the bronze came up my boyfriend was like oh he got really mad (laughs) (laughs) because they always like drag out moments there and do shitty hipster music yeah it was it was yeah it was their way um like the peach pit after dark on 90210 it was their way of uh randomly inserting sort of like alternative rock and pseudo grunge bands into an episode because they'd be like, we're going to go hang out at the bronze. And then you'd get like 30 seconds of some like indie band playing that would turn out to be somebody eventually. I knew that about this show. I remember hearing about that. That was a thing like, oh, and -and so-and-so got to be on, or they would play music sometimes too, right? Like, yeah. Oh yeah. You'd get like 30 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that gets, as they leave high school, that gets gradually sort of phased out. You oh, okay. Less of that as, the, as the characters get older. Uh, but the lead singer of the band they're watching is the girl that Oz was strangely drawn to in the previously on. Spoiler alert, she is also a werewolf, and they can sort of, like, sense each other through their werewolf. Oh, she is? Stuff. I thought she was just the lead singer of some real band. Yeah. No, she is uh, She is an actress, or she is being played, a character being played by an actress. Is she an actual um, werewolf, though? Yeah. Like yeah. the actress? In, in yeah. the real world, is the actress a werewolf? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think so. They wouldn't have cast her as the werewolf <laughs> if she wasn't. Well, That's like offensive to werewolves article. to just put yeah. someone in fur no. face, you know? I was just reading an article about that, about how uh, werewolves are really sick of non-werewolves playing their part. Like, yeah. oh, we can just put prosthetics on them and fur on them. And they're like, there's plenty of werewolves out there looking for work. <laughs> So, that's all. You know, I saw Seth Green one time at uh, San Diego Comic Convention. Oh, yeah. yeah. 
That motherfucker's tiny. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I've heard. That's a... a I mean, I shouldn't say that, but... <laughs> it's true. Well, Brian, tiny. everyone's tiny compared to you. <laughs> no, but he is No, but he's short, I guy. think. He's, he's yeah, no, I think he's, he's kind of famously a short guy. He's really small. But, yeah. like, like, the volume of him, too. Like, some people are short, but they're dense. Yeah. You know? <laughs> But that guy. I feel like I'm short and dense. (laughs) I am definitely short and dense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, woo! You guys have fun. So yeah, the uh, the actress playing this werewolf singer was uh, she had a little arc on 90210 at one point where she tried to uh, kill Kelly and like assume her identity. Whoa! Oh, did she play yeah, a werewolf? Yeah. She... Uh, it would have. It it kind of would have worked if she had been. A <laughs> well, see, that's she's the one that single white female Kelly. Yes, that's yes. like the only thing I ever remember from that show. That's funny. Oh, well, look at right. that weird intersection for Ryan there. I, I mean, I don't want to be like that guy, but I mean, uh oh, I find it a next. little like hypocritical that like it's offensive for like non werewolves to play werewolves, but if a werewolf <laughs> plays a non werewolf, like we're just okay <laughs> with it, you know. Well, werewolves have been having a really hard time getting work historically, and we shouldn't prevent them from getting non-werewolf opportunities. David. How many fucking times do we have to talk? Can Look, we talk about this off the show? Look, We're going to listeners if we take a hard werewolf stance, you guys. David, David I'm not going to do the emotional labor to explain to you what a werewolf should and shouldn't be hired to do. Jesus. Another thing I wanted to say that I forgot, a weird relationship I have with this show is that I actually knew what's her name who plays buffy sarah michelle geller she was for one year of my childhood i watched all my children oh yeah she Mm. was on that show when i watched it she was uh susan lucci's daughter yep that was where she got her start yeah erica kane um's daughter i don't remember her name on the show but uh so when she got big on the show oh it was kendall she was kendall on all my children so I remember always being like, it's fucking Kendall from all my children. <laughs> She's like, how many, how often does a soap opera actor get any real work? That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, yeah. I mean, there's a few years there where Sarah Michelle Geller was money in the bank, like mm-hmm. starting, starting mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, I'm just saying as far as werewolves are concerned. Oh, God. Jeez. All right. Yeah. <laughs> my most important thing is just being consistent with the source material. If they were a werewolf in that fictional story, then they should be played by a werewolf. And if they weren't a werewolf, then they sh- we shouldn't be giving the parts to werewolves now. Ah, uh, um, yeah, I don't know about this. <laughs> in, in, so back at the bar where there aren't any werewolves, fake oh, or Jesus. otherwise. Yeah, I guess that's the kind of bar you like to go to. <laughs> we don't serve your kind. One time when Austin came to Portland, I was like, hey, do you want to go to this one spot? He's like, are there going to be a bunch of werewolves there? I was like, Jesus, Austin, maybe in fucking Minnesota they don't have werewolves. Uh, Buffy is hanging out with with the uh, the douchey guys, including a young Kumar. Yeah. Oh, I was wondering if Kumar that was him. I did not even notice that. Yeah, that is a young Cal Penn. As they are pounding, was it? Wasn't he actually in the Obama administration as well? He was. That is a young Cal Penn, future Obama staffer, Cal Penn. What? Yeah, yeah, he had a big arc. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, he what was... did he do in the Obama administration? Oh, got burgers. <laughs> got burgers. Was I don't understand king? any. Was that like in the movie that happened? Yeah, you oh, never okay. watched Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. I think I saw it one time. You would really identify with the central goal, Ryan? (laughs) I I think I saw it one time 
and I was yeah, they, so they high get, that I barely They get high, it. There you and go. then they go searching for fast food. It's kind of your Raisin Dietro. Well, I remember that I watched it with my friend, and I got really high, and then I was like, did they already go to White Castle? And I was like, yeah. He's in the Obama administration now. They're way done with White Castle. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Cal Penn, uh, he was on... He was on House, and he left the <coughs> show House. And then they just killed him um, off, like, out of nowhere. It's an off-screen he, suicide. Yeah, he joined the Obama administration as a associate director. I don't I don't know what that just sounds like two words they put together. I don't quite <laughs> know what that means he did. I feel like he did some kind of, like, outreach thing, but I, I forget exactly what it was. That's what happens in Harold and Kumar go to White Castle? Yep. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> they go to White Castle and then the Obama administration. That's really what happens? No. <laughs> in oh. real in real life, the actor Cal Penn left left acting for a few years to take a job with the Obama administration. For real? For, for real. real. That's like, even more surprising. <laughs> Why couldn't I get a straight answer with you guys? Not also, me. I don't know. About also, this. he's a werewolf. Yep, oh. he, is the, he was the first werewolf Obama. Yeah. Obama well, I Stafford. think it's. I really admire the Obama administration for for being inclusive and hiring werewolves on their staff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a big step forward for us culturally. They just look better and better. Yeah. yeah. So this scene is where we get our first sort of ham-fisted uh, moral lesson, where they are they're talking about like how great beer is, and Buffy's like, "My mother always said beer is evil." Well, can yeah. we talk about this here, or should we wait about what we think the morality of this episode? Is? <laughs> um, let's wait a little bit because it comes right. up. It comes up later. Yeah, there's there's not a whole lot of comment on it aside from that. Yeah, is Buffy's yeah. mom like that uptight? Or but yeah, that's what I it, I was just trying to think. I feel like I've seen her like drink wine and such, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Is Buffy's mom dead? Not at this point in time. Oh, that's right. You just said. I forgot. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, no. She's she's still around. Right. Um, yeah, so she's like, oh, my mom always said beer is evil. And they're like, beer is awesome. There's a great, I love, like, the, just this random, like, I assume it's one of the guys, but you don't see him. It's just, like, ADR in at the end where he's like, Black Frost is the only beer. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, like, the name of their the, this fake beer, but it sounds very much like it. It's like a product placement. Yeah. But it's this fake, fake beer they made up for the show. Uh, so then the next morning, Willow comes home, uh, comes back to the dorm room, and uh, Buffy is sitting in front of the TV and is decidedly less syllabic than in the past. She okay. is uh, yeah. sort of staring at the TV like I thought that she was pictures. I thought she was supposed to have a hangover. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's what you're supposed to sort of like. Willow thinks she's hungover. Okay. She well, first she thinks con- she had group sex. Yeah, first she thinks she had <laughs> gang banged by the four guys at the bar. But, you know, those uh, guys were not bad guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to Willow's credit, she, I mean, she rolled with it pretty well. Um, but then Buffy just grunts about how great beer is. Yeah. Um, I, it was weird because it's, I was watching, I was like, is she supposed to be hungover? I'm like, wait, but wait, she's. Not like, yeah, the like idea this is isn't how like, hangovers work, I guess, is what I was right, going. which is where the metaphor gets muddled a bit. Mm-hmm. My note here was I'm not super clear on how I'm supposed to feel about the beer, like, it didn't really seem like she was saying she regretted it. I mean, they're doing something that's not clear yet, yeah, so, to their credit, but also it's a pretty s- stupid idea. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it does seem like she has a hangover, but she's just being dumb and watching the TV, which, you guys, was that what you were like, too, when you were reviewing this episode? I mean, that's yeah. how I watch TV, for the most part. Show bad! Just, just like, you know, pretty pictures. People moving. It was reminding me of, um, of, uh, my favorite outtake ever. Like, remember on SNL when Phil Hartman would be Frankenstein? And oh, yeah. Like Frankenstein. Mm. Was it Frankenstein, Tarzan, and Tonto? Tonto. Yeah. And there's one where he's supposed to, as Frankenstein, be like, fire bad, and, like, get up and, like, try to, like, run off the set. <laughs> but he just starts laughing so hard <laughs> that he can't do it. Have you ever seen that? Oh, no. It's so good, man. It's pretty great. I love so Phil Hartman, and I love Unfrozen Caveman lawyers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Caveman spoilers. That would be better if when they become cavemen, they're like, I don't understand. You're <laughs> fire. Fangled yeah, 90s pagers and Zima. My <laughs> uh, uh, two notes from this scene, I was reminded once again in the grand TV tradition just how enormous Willow and Puffy's dorm room is oh, relative yeah. to actual college dorm rooms. Oh, yeah. Uh, and David, uh, you you were probably the only one that may have appreciated this. I liked Willow muttering under her breath about how the girl in the band dresses like Faith. No. <laughs> I don't think you could shoot a scene in an actual dorm room. No, you could. I mean, that's why all TV dorm rooms are enormous. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. the actual sized ones are barely conducive to living in, let alone shooting a TV in. Yeah. And speaking of her outfit, this kind of reminded me of something I think Ryan said maybe back in college year. Like, I can't tell if their outfits are supposed to be intentionally <laughs> weird or not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Willow's, maybe. She kind of always had an odd style. She's but like uh, quirky. Yeah. yeah. And then Buffy's wearing these <laughs> almost beige cargo pants. I don't know. They were, they were of yours. I think that's just 90s. Yeah. yeah, they were very much of your. That is, that is so, what I said. You guys? Yeah. How long are we going to talk about <laughs> when she steals the sandwich? Oh, boy. <laughs> Let's get there. There's a lot to unpack, I think. <laughs> I so, thought it might catch your eye, Ryan. <laughs> so in the next, in the next scene, uh, we are supposed to... This is where we're supposed to like, officially be aware that something Buffy's not just hungover but something odd is going on because she acts very childlike with the professor and then randomly grabs the chick in front of her sandwich <laughs> and begins devouring her sandwich. And like, I definitely, I have to fight that impulse every day. <laughs> so, well, let, also, let's put it on this side. Like Ryan, you want to, you see someone eating a sandwich, you want that sandwich, right? Yeah, it's fine take it out of their hand and eat it. Yes. But what if you were eating a sandwich and someone took it out of your hands and ate it? I'd fucking kill him. No hesitation. Would you go would you go full werewolf on them? I would. I would no no holding back. But so I have to say it too that it was a black woman eating the sandwich. Mm. It was minding her yeah. own business and I feel like you could I do feel like you couldn't do that now on the show. Like, I mean, it doesn't, it, it looks weird too anyway. Like if you made that a gif, you know, you'd be like, what the fuck? But I'm sure even at the time it was like, oh, and there's sort of a thing of like, oh, well, like it's equal opportunity, sandwich stealing, whatever. But I feel like if you showed that on a new show, like you couldn't, you couldn't do it. You'd have to digitally turn it into a white woman. 
It did kind of look like colonialism, yeah. It did. It looked fucked up. It was like, I couldn't take it as a gag, because I was like, that was a black woman's sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> it was unsettling. It was too It was too loaded, you know? This was it when... Been, it should have been some dude just sitting there eating a sandwich. Yeah. This is when Kumar realized he had to go into politics. So that yeah. really... He really did Super that. Super for real. <laughs> I swear to God, Ryan. <laughs> The I actor, the actor who played Kumar, this Cal Penn, yeah. got a job in the Obama administration. You guys are fucking with me. I'm gonna. <laughs> I seem like I'm lying when I say these things, but you should yeah. believe Austin or David. Yeah, or, I, I mean, would the ghoul orphans <laughs> lie to you, Ryan? That's true. They're faithful. They're frightened of your fury. It's yeah, you true. take all their sandwiches every time they like rustle one up. You snatch it out of their hand. They would be too concerned about the repercussions to fabricate. Every exactly. in honor of Thanksgiving, they get their one sandwich a year, which is a turkey <laughs> right. sandwich from leftovers. And then Ryan always just snatches it from their hands and eats <laughs> it. Takes it from the littlest one. Well, <laughs> well, he goes for the weakest, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, so they got a very brief scene where we see some like liquid stuff traveling through mad science. Dripping mm-hmm. into a keg of black forest. Yeah, there's a weird thing with like, uh, although they say later it's magical too, but like somehow the Hellmouth also creates like evil science people too. You yeah, know? Yeah, this... like science-based evilness. Yeah, science equipment cracked me up. I gotta laugh. I don't think it'll translate on the podcast, but I'm like, we're ni- we're now gonna mix the pee pee with this doo doo. <laughs> <laughs> they said that. Uh, yeah, I did. I said it. Yeah. Oh, you said it. No, they right. said it. It's yeah, there's a the in the Obama administration. <laughs> Obama said that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. He's like, we got to fix the economy. We're gonna mix the pee pee with the doo doo. <laughs> yeah, there's like a season two episode that kind of does like a Frankenstein riff, and it's the same kind of a deal where you're just like, how does being on the Hellmouth mean that this like high school kid can resurrect the dead with science? Yeah, and then there's the sex robot that gets created. Whoa. Really? Yeah, yeah. For real? Yeah. I never know what it, you guys. Did are it? No, that, yeah, I know. It's a whole plot point. Yeah, there's a whole there's a whole like plot arc built around the sex robot. You guys, how long do you think until there are sex robots? There well, are. There kind of yeah. are. Better sex robots. You mean like really good sex robots, Ryan? Is that what you're saying? I'm going to go as, I'll say halfway decent sex there robots. There already are halfway yeah. decent sex robots. What? Yeah. Affordable? Like maybe you, may, you mean like affordable? <laughs> well, okay. Ones that will move around on their own, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like. The, or, Ten years. Ten years? Where you can I don't know. Where you can <laughs> what am I, a scientist? Austin. A sex science. Austin, I'm trying to make these investments over here. <laughs> Good answer. Um, trying to figure out where to put my my riches. <laughs> that's right, going to be so, the next big uh, thing. Okay. So, so we come back from commercial, and Buffy is drinking with the guys, and they are all acting increasingly dumb. Uh, to the point that uh, Xander misses the femme fatalish woman at the bar trying to get him to light his, light her cigarette, which is the thing he's been doing all episode with his lighter. Um, but uh, he's too distracted by how dumb and, dare I say, Neanderthalic the, uh, the guys and Buffy are acting. All right. Uh, then we get another pointless Oz Willow scene where he's going to go play in Veruca's band and things are kind of awkward. 
Yeah. And then uh, back at the bar, Xander puts a song on the jukebox, and Buffy's all like, music good, me like music from box. Mm-hmm. And Xander's like, we are going to cut you off now and send you home. And Buffy says, no, beer good. And Xander says, no, beer bad, which is the title of the episode. Mm. Boom. There it is, you guys. Beer bad. Beer bad. Uh, so in our next scene, uh, Willow is confronting Parker, the guy that uh, humped and dumped Buffy. In yeah. possibly the most late '90s student union, I think this is supposed <laughs> to be ever. Like this, this, this is like Sarah McLaughlin's den. It's got like <laughs> scarves hanging and Christmas lights and uh, uh, like gloomy shadow corners and whatnot. I would love to see like a visual montage of all the '90s student unions. Like mm-hmm. the Fresh Prince had a student, <laughs> right? The the uh, con- the Condor's Nest from College Years. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting, Carol. I was almost I, well, got a little nervous. I was one earlier. I did like, too. Down. I, was like, oh, I know. I was like, oh god, dude. is she not paying attention? I'm teeing her up for this here. one. <laughs> it's your moment to shine. Uh, Boy Meets World had one. There's a ton. Yeah. For yeah. the listeners at home, each of us is recording from a 90s student union. Yeah. <laughs> Mine has the most scarves. Ryan has mm-hmm. the most shapes and squiggles. <laughs> David's got the most uh, uh, mingos and sunglasses. <laughs> Austin's is just all uh, flannel. plaid flannel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's grunging like hell, dog. <laughs> all, all of them seem like maybe someone left a fog machine on. You definitely <laughs> really... Uh, yeah, so Willow is confronting Parker, um, and to be clear, uh, in the previous episode when Buffy and Parker slept together, it was entirely consensual yeah. on Buffy's part. Um, Parker did not rape her, despite the fact that throughout this entire scene with Willow, he looks like the rapiest rape ever raped. <laughs> this is when you're worried about rape? Okay, because keep your rape whistle close, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> I know you had really low expectations around rape earlier. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he gives he gives Willow his his like uh, his his sad sack like why can't why can't people just make a connection in in a night and then not have a connection after that and yeah. intimacy without strings and all that like player bullshit. <laughs> well, yeah, I want to talk more about this because this oh. is almost why it's a special episode. <laughs> he says people shouldn't have to preface casual sex, and I think that's a good discussion. I think. Well, I guess my response was like, you can have casual sex, but it everyone should be on the same page. I guess. Yeah. You know, you, you should have to preface casual. Yeah, sex. and he's like, Absolutely. that ruins the mood, and I'm like, yeah, you know. Sex doesn't feel as great with condoms, but sometimes you got to wear condoms. It's just how <laughs> it's the, the world we live in, right? That's our special episode. <laughs> yeah. So, if you're listeners at home, kids, wear condoms. Yes, it's wear condoms. Time. <laughs> it's like it, it ruins the mood, and it's like, dude, you're like 19 or 20. The wind blows, and you're in the mood. Yeah. Let's not, let's not yeah. act like it, it's a delicate balance to get you ready to hump. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know how many of us are hit it and quit it people. Probably Carol the most. Yeah. <laughs> Historically. I have my good college year. Carol, I've seen I've seen some teary-eyed fellows at the local comics show, I have to say. Men just can't stop crying. Are you, su- are you suggesting that Carolyn is the 
Parker of <laughs> Portland Comics. Not anymore. <laughs> I mean, you know, no, right, jacked up forever. Right, right, right. I mean, once upon a time, like back in her rowdy college days. I would say, like, in the early aughts, wouldn't you say, yeah. Carol? Oh, I pulled in some dick left and right. <laughs> and did you say before, <laughs> were you like, hey, this is just, we're just having fun? Or did you let them believe that there was going to be a special connection between y'all? And then they were crying later at Stumptown Comics Fest, years 2004 <laughs> through 2009. <laughs> You mean when there was a Stumptown's comic fest? Exactly. Well, isn't that why they closed down that show? Yeah, it was all yeah. the dick. Because Carolyn had too much sex? That's why they closed yeah. the show down? <laughs> it was called Carol's Distar- Discarded Dick Fest. <laughs> and then they just shut it down. And for some reason, people wouldn't buy tickets to that. <laughs> no notes. That is the whole story. Yeah. All right. But would you say... Oh, like, no, you never have to say. I mean, well, at least in my <laughs> 20s, it was presumed that men didn't care about you the next day. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's an it's an interesting dynamic from the female perspective. Yeah. There, we don't give men any credit, and we're right not to. And I mean, <laughs> right. But for men talking to women, men usually have more interest in the short term. So usually, you all should go ahead and be super upfront. But a woman who, like, presumes men have an interest in lasting relationships kind of gets through that presumption in her 20s or so, generally. And there's something to be said about what age this is happening at, because, you know, like, Buffy's, like, 19, and that's when, like, sex is a little newer to people, and so then people have different expectations on what it means. I mean, I guess if you're, like, 25 and you have, like, sex on the first date, you probably know that it might not be a lasting thing yeah. or you should know at that point you know i mean and, and it's all situational i shouldn't yeah. just put an age on there but in in the context of buffy the character this is uh, parker was the second guy she ever had sex with mm-hmm. and that was after the first guy she ever had sex with turned evil and tried to destroy the world oh, so right. so she has a complicated relationship with sex at yeah. this point this is a pretty uh, standard college second guy you've ever had sex yeah, with. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like I'm my high like I've left my high school boyfriend behind. I'm just gonna oh, here's this cute guy and he's really into me, and then it turns out he's just really into me for that one thing mm-hmm. that one time. Um yeah. So I mean it's not cool what he does, but he's not like a total piece of shit. Well, he's not right, like, like a criminal again, I guess. Is right, what like I said, like, I wanted to make it very clear that as rapey as he comes across, he it was a consensual act and yeah. Whatnot. But should he have? Well, I uh, the question too of should he have just because this guy's like nineteen or twenty, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a little older. I think the idea is supposed. Let's to say be. he's twenty-one. Yeah, he still probably would not have the social training and maturity to like be upfront about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't mean that he shouldn't. Mm-hmm. No, he should. I mean, uh, he should get the. Fe- I, I think the feedback he gets in this is valid. You know. Yeah. yeah. Although he doesn't seem to be receiving the feedback, he's just trying to figure out how to <laughs> work it. Yeah, work to, with. Uh, he tries to make amends at the end, right? Uh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. The uh the the idea that you got earlier in the episode from from Riley, the other guy that she bumped into, is that he is a notorious player on campus. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah. so you know he clearly knows what he's doing in terms of like getting women to sleep with him i hope that buffy went stuck by that wear a condom rule that we discussed earlier 
<laughs> I hope she wore a werewolf <laughs> condom. I know. She's going to get some enchanted gonorrhea. <laughs> uh, there was at one point, uh, Willow says to Parker, I'm tired of you men and your manness. Oh. Which uh, this this is the season where the character comes out as gay, but uh, at this Ooh. point in time, that was probably just a coincidental line. Mm-hmm. She's gay on this show. She gay is this eventually, is. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yep. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this season after she goes through a whole thing where Oz leaves and all that, and then she finds a nice Wiccan girl and realizes <laughs> that she's gay. And Seth gay, Green yeah. does kind of look like a lesbian <laughs> beard. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good starter. <laughs> uh, so next scene, Xander tries to kick the the now Neanderthalish beer guys out of the bar, and that's when one of them emerges with a sort of full on sloped <gasps> forehead. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and knocks out Xander. He's like, and... "Hey guys, I bought twenty dollars worth of makeup." <laughs> <laughs> You guys, was anybody else thinking about the fucking Geico cavemen? <laughs> oh yeah. No, I. Just... Remember That's, when they had no a sitcom? One else, no one else ever thinks about it ever. That's <laughs> the they? debut of like Nick Kroll, and they worked at IKEA. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They had a sitcom. It was insane. For how long? Like, <laughs> For two, like two, two episodes. Yeah, I know. We'll yeah. definitely one review one comment. one day. But it's huh? we'll review one one day. I'm oh. sure. That's yeah. one of those bad combinations of like it's a shitty idea and it's expensive to make. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Huge makeup budget. Yeah, it's an advertising for thing Geico. Too. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. fucking Geico. Anyway. So we come, so we come back from commercial and uh, get a little body horror as the rest of the guys physically transform into cavemen. That was maybe the cheapest looking part. Like, <laughs> yeah, where they're transforming, but it's really just like the cameras like zoomed in on them as they're like tensing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't even see anything changing at all. Yeah, and, and even by Buffy standards, that was pretty bad. Uh, Makeup effects work. Kind so, of does stuff. everything always look shitty on this show, though, or is there some decent stuff? Um, there is some decent <laughs> stuff for the time. Yeah. Um, I don't think it. I mean, none of it holds up to like what they can do even on a TV budget with special effects these mm-hmm. days. So, does um, it always look kind of crappy and fake, like all the time? Little, a little bit. It gets better the more the show goes along. It gets, it gets more and more into the aughts and uh, yeah, and technology advances and whatnot. Uh, Xander uses his lighter to chase everybody out because they're scared of uh, of the fire, and then he oh, yeah. goes to tell the bar owner, and this is where we find oh, out. Oh boy! The bar owner is the is the guy who's been magicking up the beard. Yeah. So, what the fuck is that? Is that just we never seen this guy before? No, nope, nope. never seen him before. Never seen him again. Scene. Yeah, he doesn't get like any comeuppance or anything for this. No, either. yeah, he totally gets off scot free. Okay, so I want to see how this happens. <laughs> really funny, like. The bartender's just like, fuck those assholes. And Xander's like, what? And the bartender's kind of smirking. Yeah, basically the bartender's motivation here is uh, he's sick of these fucking college kids coming into his bar and acting all high and mighty. So he's going to turn them into cavemen for a night to teach them a lesson. Because he has a brother who's a warlock or something? Yeah, he's got a brother-in-law. He's like like smirking, right? And so I thought he was drunk. And then Xander's like, what? So he's like, yeah, I got a magic warlock brother-in-law. Yeah, this is this is one of those like the points where the show is being more casual about where magic intersects with the real world on the show. 
where he just said, has this sort of like casual, like, oh, my brother is a warlock. And yeah. He taught me the spell. Brother-in-law. Yeah, brother-in-law. Is a warlock. <laughs> so, so, like, qu- imagine is... this guy's life. He has a normal life. He owns a bar. He's got a normal <laughs> sister. She marries some weirdo in a ponytail <laughs> and a robe wearing a crystal. And they're having thanks fucking giving together. And he's like, hey, I really hate my college clientele. Can you, like, hex them? And he's like, absolutely. Here's some science papers. <laughs> Here's a beer that has. I didn't I don't think that's how it happened at all. I don't see the ponytail happening. Baby, no, no, you. there was no ponytail. <laughs> They're cornrows. <laughs> I think White we're missing cornrows. the obvious here. He owns a bar. Don't we also know a <gasps> restaurant <laughs> with magical abilities in oh. the South California area? Yeah. Is the Max this guy's brother-in-law? Whoa! <laughs> it's gotta be. It's gotta be. Oh my god! Hellmouth, Bayside, Bayside, Hellmouth, wherever this place is. My what? assumption when I saw this was that this dude was like a recurring character who's just sort of like the explanation, you know, like the, oh, it was that guy again, you know, you know what I mean? This, it, he would be the. He would be the monster of the monster of the week episode. That's his, this is his only uh, only appearance. But it's like, what the fuck? It makes less sense with more context. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So the Max married this dude's sister? That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. got to be what happened. I love that uh, I love that he, one of his, like, uh, uh, diatribes against these college kids, like, they come into this bar talking about their fruity little micro brews. Yeah. yeah. Let me just say, as someone living in Minnesota at the height of the craft beer boom, this guy's got no idea what's coming. <laughs> micro brews. So in the next scene, uh, one of the cavemen gets hit by a car. Uh, this prompts the other cavemen to smash it and then chase after women. That guy just goes down like a bitch and then he stays down for presumably the rest of the show. What's super, yeah, what's super weird about it is like, so the other cavemen are like smashing the car and then these girls come out from like their dorm room and they're like, "Mm, women, and chase after the women. And then the camera goes back and like lingers on the one who got hit by the car as he's like writhing in pain on the street. And that's the last we see of him in the episode. Like there's, I mean, it seems like they're setting something up for like, remember that he's there. Or we're going to come back to this. And we never I think do. it's supposed to be like, wah, wah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? um, like, also, when they're screaming all... in pain on the ground. It's like, the end. It was supposed to be like slapstick, I think. When they were hitting the car with sticks, too. Like, one of them in particular, you can tell they were like, don't hit the car too hard. <laughs> we're going to do like 30 takes and we can't really, we're going to have to return this car to the rental place. Right, this is this is Bob, the PA's car. So Yeah, he's just like really kind of slowly and gently tapping it with a big piece of wood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so then uh, we cut to outside Buffy's dorm room where Xander has summoned Giles for his assistance. And uh, as they're walking down the hall, we get our 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 other oh so subtle nod to the very special mess very special message when uh, Giles says, "I can't believe you serve bu- beer to Buffy." And Xander says, "I didn't know it was evil." And Giles says, "You knew it was beer." Yeah. 
So yeah. Oh yeah. So is this a good place to talk about like what is our stance on beer or not ours but the shows? <laughs> I, I like beer. That's yeah, we're yeah. all cool with beer. Right? Spoiler alert. Cool. I've been on um, a podcast when I've had too much beer. No, even not you. yeah, this is probably as good a place as any to talk about it. Uh, because is this anti beer? Because it's only it seems like it's clearly anti enchanted beer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but, so. It's funny that you mentioned that, Ryan, okay. because the the impetus behind this particular episode was to take advantage of money that was made available by the Office of National Drug Control Policy, and that money was available to any shows that promoted an anti-drug message. Ah. So the idea was, hey, we're going to do an episode on the cheap. We're going to write in an anti-drug message, and we're going to get it underwritten by this Office of National Drug Control Policy. What? However, However, funding was rejected for the episode <laughs> because, quote, drugs were an issue, but it was otherworldly nonsense, very mm-hmm. abstract, and not like real-life kids taking drugs. Viewers wouldn't make the link to the Office of National Drug Control Policy's message. Yeah. Otherworldly nonsense. That's true. Yeah. So the idea is they were trying to make like a very special episode so that they could get some money from the government, and then the government was like, "You muddied the metaphor too much. We're not giving you that money." Yeah. Because you're right. It's it's not so much like beer is bad. It's evil magic beer. Is yeah, bad. and it doesn't even. I mean, there's a bit of parallels about alcohol, kind of. Turning up your id and turning right. down everything Releasing else. the beast within, kind of. But, but it's a little, I don't want to say over the top, because that's kind of how the metaphor works, but it just doesn't quite scan as right to be, like, complete cavemen and, like, scared of fire and stuff and being drunk yeah, it, doesn't quite equate for me, you know? I mean, it just comes off as completely fantastical. Like yeah. It's been eating pickles that made them turn into cavemen. Right. It doesn't and, relate and, to beer at all. And one of the things that Buffy, the show, usually is very good at is the metaphor. Yeah. Like coming coming up with, like, here is a thing that is a stand-in for a real-life problem, mm-hmm. experience. Um, you know, the, the first time Buffy has sex with her boyfriend, he wakes up and is literally evil. Just like, you know, you have sex with your boyfriend and then he turns into a jerk afterwards. Like. They, they take that experience and they make it into a, um, a pretty decent metaphor most of the time. This one is just, like, <laughs> way too, almost way too literal. It's yeah. like, oh, beer makes you into, like, makes you stupid and rambunctious. So we'll depict them as literal cavemen who are afraid of fire and beat things with clubs and paint on the wall like the cavemen did in caves. So is this is that why this is like considered the worst episode because it's just like it doesn't really work as it yeah it doesn't yeah. It's, and it's... not to like summarize everything but the the stakes are super low and it's just kind of boring nothing happens really <laughs> like yeah it's like a rejected very special episode right yeah because even the oh, villain yeah. like he's just a nobody and that doesn't get a comeuppance and like. His plot is more of a prank than anything else. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you guys, I independently sent out a, a member of the crack research team. Oh. Mm. And fucking Cal Penn really was in the open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
How did I not hear about that? I guess I don't really know who he is very well anyway. But I yeah, I mean, like you didn't even you couldn't even be bothered to watch his uh, his breakout movie. I mean, I saw it one time. <laughs> I suppose, yeah, I suppose they he like three of those. They, they did. They made a sequel? shit ton of them. Yeah. No, they just made two. I'm fairly sure they just made two. Didn't they do a, a Christmas one? That's a yeah, fun. yeah. Didn't that, they, that's the second but, one. But then they went to. But then they Guantanamo. didn't they go to Guantanamo? Yeah. yeah. yeah there's uh, maybe that. Maybe there was a third. It's a trilogy, you guys. <laughs> it's a there's trilogy. There's also more tremors lately than you'd think. Oh yes. my God! There's. I. I always. I don't know if Tremin I always message it to you, but I always think of Carol when Tremors comes up. Because <laughs> I love. I love the original Tremors. That's there's like a new movie and a new series. Where are we talking about Tremors? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, there there does indeed appear to be a Harold and Kumar trilogy. Yeah, it is a trilogy. I don't remember Guantanamo Guantanamo Bay very well. The Christmas one was pretty, I mean, stupid, but pretty funny. There's a robot that makes waffles, which I appreciate. Hey, I like robot I, waffles. I have <laughs> sex with that robot. <laughs> <laughs> and then steal its waffles. Can I, how much was that robot? <laughs> so I, I have, I have uh, one more little uh, set of quotes here from the crack research team about this episode, specifically in terms of its the, the quote-unquote message uh, that kind of cracks me up. A, a BBC reviewer complained about its, quote, American puritism, uh, puritanism, excuse me, and uh, the slayage critic criticized the writer for delivering a trite and obvious message in a series containing such an abundant feminist subtext. However, Todd Hertz of Christianity Today mm. used this episode as an example of the show's honest portrayal of consequences. It, so I kind of, I kind of love how the goober from Christianity Today is like, yeah, this really does show the consequences of alcohol when it it does not really. In any hey, hey, way, I have a, I have another question too. Uh huh. Like when Buffy turns all cave. And evolved. How come she doesn't have shitty makeup on? I think uh, I want. Go ahead, David. No, I. My interpretation was Xander stopped her from drinking earlier than the guys, so I think she got like a lower dosage. Well, she did get like shitty white person dreads and like a smudge yeah. on yeah. her forehead. Also, I Is don't think they had any interest in putting Sarah Michelle Geller in gross cave person makeup. Yes. That's more what I thought bad. it was. Yes, but, but David, to, to your point and their credit, they did sort of write an explanation into the show, which is she did not drink as much of the beer as the guys did, so she didn't go as far down that path as they did. Never go full caveman. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so back at Sarah McLaughlin's den, Parker <laughs> is still putting the moves on Willow, and he is still gross. <laughs> we kind of we kind of get a cute bit where Willow. It seems like she's falling for it, and she's being all like sort of coquettish. And yeah, like, and then basically drops the hammer. She's like, "Are you fucking kidding me? I can't believe you think this is working on me." And this is probably the best part of the whole episode. Yeah, that was good. It is. Yeah, it really is. Um, but then of course it it ends with her going on and on about like how all men are the same. They just want sex, and that hasn't changed since the dawn of time. Which is when the cavemen come bursting through the doors and they're like, suck our dicks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Totally. And it just completely unfazes Willow, too, at this point in her life. She's oh, just yeah. like, oh, just, an, yeah, an example, cavemen just busting in here. 
right? It's, I can't believe that guy who was the owner of the bar, that's all he ever does on the show. It's so surprising to me. I was like, oh, there's got to, I'm going to ask Austin about this. <laughs> this guy must have a rich history. Or at least have ever been, ever. That's all so you that, need to know about him is he's got a brother-in-law who's, who's a warlock. The, who's the Max. Yeah. And yeah, will this is, hex it. Yeah. They're at they're at the point in the show where they are getting less concerned with spending a lot of time explaining where some of the like magical supernatural stuff comes from. So the idea is supposed to be like, it doesn't really matter what the point here is this beer is turning him into cavemen. Let's just hand wave an explanation about how this guy has a has the max as his brother in law and he magicked up the beer. It's like and and then let's they were saved by let's say, say Mo. Mo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we are back in Buffy's dorm room. Uh, there's a, a mildly funny bit where Buffy is just spinning on her chair and then falls off the chair and then gets mad at the chair uh, for, for making her fall off of it. I didn't and, think any of this caveman shit was amusing at all. Uh, this, that was the only part that I that I found amusing. Her pants were amusing. This is when she's wearing those beige cargo yes. pants. Um, <coughs> Buffy tries to jump Xander because he smells good. Uh, but then yeah. he gets distracted when he mentions beer, uh, and she says that Buffy want beer, uh, throws Xander and Giles aside to go after it. Uh, this is where I was reminded that uh, Giles getting thrown around and knocked out was like a season four recurring gag. Oh, yeah. That, that happened to him a lot, and it was already tired five episodes in. And then, like, by season six, he talks about, like, memory loss and how he, like, pisses himself when he <laughs> sleeps and stuff. <laughs> Does he really? <laughs> no. <laughs> but he should because he's constantly getting knocked out. Yeah, yeah. And then he wakes up and a werewolf is licking up his pee. Yeah. yeah. Don't you hate exactly. that? I don't uh, know so what's real or not. The caveman. <laughs> <laughs> the caveman. Ryan has difficult time determining fantasy from reality, man. I'm really struggling. <laughs> you should drink some more beer. I hear that helps with that. Uh-huh. I know. Not enough beer is my problem. <laughs> Uh, isn't that all of our problems? Not for long. So <laughs> then, uh, uh, the, the caveman boys are, are, have built a fire in Sarah McLaughlin's den and it quickly spreads. And as, uh, the fire increases, Andrew finds Buffy and asks her if there's any part of her former self left inside. And then when she sees the fire, she instinctively goes to help. So that's supposed to be our answer that like deep down inside, she is still the, hero that she has always been so she goes inside and tries to put the fire out uh she can't figure out how to work the fire extinguisher not that it would have done much at this point anyway because the whole like fucking place is on fire uh she finds willow xander is outside wondering where giles is we get a yeah yeah uh, so i'd like to point out how useless xander is at the moment (laughs) like most of his time throughout the series what's up he was gonna meet her there doesn't come this whole time. I'm like, where's Xander? Yeah, he, he could like try to help out or something. Right. I don't know. Absolutely right. Is he uh, jogging to get there? <laughs> uh, he wonders where Giles is, and that gives us a smash cut to where Giles is still back in the dorm, over describing Buffy to some random student as he's trying to locate her. Waka waka. Waka waka. Does Giles uh, ever do anything cool? Yes. Okay. Uh, yeah, one of one of <laughs> one of season four's structural problems is that Giles doesn't have a lot to do and is sidelined and mostly gets used for gags like that and getting knocked unconscious. 
Whereas in other seasons, he's actually much more effective and does cool things. They talked about his wild times in the seventies in this episode, though. Karen. I did like that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's act. That's not just a joke. That's actually part of his backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the actor who plays him's brother was in the original Jesus Christ Superstar. Who had? Oh, Murray Head. Was who he died? really though? I've become cynical. Have your duly authorized uh, Google orphan looked that one up? I'm not. I'm. He quit after Ryan was wrong about. Obama. <laughs> yeah. I was just double checking because you guys are full of shit. So back in the uh, uh-huh. the burning embers of the '90s coffee house craze, caveman Buffy is figure has figured out to that she can get people out through a window, and so she kind of jury rigs a ladder, and so then people can climb out through the window. Wait, so I was a little checked out at this point. I'll be. <laughs> Hey, I was Where? a little checked out. That's just, I'm like, ah, suddenly Buffy, people are climbing like, out the window. Buffy, kicks it, and then the caveman push a bookshelf. It doesn't matter. But, but where is burning down? Is it the bar? No, this is, like, again, this is like the student union, I think. That's ah! what's burning down. Oh, because yeah. I was going to be like, that bartender got <laughs> what he deserved. Yeah, no, this is. He left. He saw that it was burning down. He has yeah. left. He has no accountability. <laughs> yeah. He does. No, we've we've Presumably seen the, last the bar of him. still goes on after this, you know. Yeah, yeah. And then he, the guys gone. Yeah. The, the caveman guys. Do they get in? Do they go to jail for this? For burning down the <laughs> listeners? Well, can't, listeners I, can't see, but I'm shrugging right now. I know what happens to the cavemen at the end. I'll tell you. Yeah, <laughs> let's just say some of them might have had an awakening. I don't know if they. <laughs> I mean, I don't know where they all ended up in the morning, like, preference-wise, but some of them experienced things that they might prefer, find that they liked. I don't know. Right. Uh, I know where they end up at the end of the episode. <laughs> yeah, so it, it was established earlier in the episode by the, uh, by the Max's brother-in-law that his spell on the beer is going to, like, wear off by yeah. morning or something. Like, oh, good. I missed like, that. He's, yeah, okay. he's, the intention isn't that he's, like permanently maimed these five people for the rest of their lives it's just supposed to be like a i know that teaching their lesson okay. yeah it's just a prank sure that, but when their shit wears off they're still gonna have burned down a building yeah we're right of so course. Of what course. are the repercussions of that is what i'm wondering i'm, I'm clear that there will no longer be uh subhuman i assume that the- would be I assume the courthouse in, like, Sunnydale, there's, like, the common magic spell defense that <laughs> gets a lot of people off. It's like the boys will be boys defense where they're yeah. just like, it was magic, your honor. And he's like, case closed. And so, <laughs> uh, so then uh, after everybody else gets out, Buffy uh, comes across a makeshift club and then finds Parker uh, coughing in the smoke and the flames. And proceeds to knock him out, probably giving him permanent brain damage. Yeah, just leaving him in a burning building because she doesn't actually like grab him and take him out, does she? I for I don't. We never see. We don't see it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, you you don't. Because the next, so then the next scene we cut to. Well, uh, and that was the second time he was knocked out. It recently woke up, and then she knocked him out. No, no, this was the first time. Well, he was laying down in the fire. Why was he laying down? Yeah, I think he did get, like, when they burst in and started the fire, he got knocked out, then woke up, 
saw Buffy, Buffy knocked and Buffy knocked him out. Yeah, okay. And in the next scene, the fire department, which mm-hmm. took like half this fucking episode to show up. Yeah. This building, yeah, this building's been up. on fire for like 20 minutes and the fire department finally shows up. Uh, and then, yeah, so they show up and Xander kind of spells out the lesson of the episode where he says, what have we learned? And then Buffy says, beer foamy. Yeah. That's what she says? Yes, foamy. And the idea is supposed to be like, what have we learned? Beer bad. But they go on a joke. They go out on the joke, and then that just ruins what's supposed to be the message of the episode. There's no message to this episode. No, I I know. Also, so then, uh, I was really pissed at Xander because he's like condescending so hard when he's like eking out this lesson. But it's like, where the fuck were you during the fire? You and Buffy started at the same time, and then you just show up to lecture her at the end. Fuck you, dude. I think he's being condescending because her intellect is at an all-time low. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's taking this rare opportunity to lord his intellect over her. Uh, so we see that the cavemen have been locked in some random van, yes! which was which was mildly <laughs> funny too. And they that van's a, a rockin' if you look at it. <laughs> I just love that they make a point of establishing that, like, Xander just shepherded them into some random <laughs> unlocked van. Oh, I thought maybe it was the cops. Yeah. No, because he said he's, they're like, you know, what's going to happen to them? And then I think Giles is like, whose van is that? And Xander's like, I don't know. It was unlocked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing some, like, I don't know, TA or something coming out from a night of studying and being like, what the hell happened to my van? <laughs> Why are all these cavemen doing it in there? It would be them waking up as, like, normal men, but they're all, like, entangled in weird ways. Yeah. Who knows what happened overnight. So then that's when Parker approaches Buffy, and it is is totally unclear whether, like, she hauled his unconscious carcass out, or if she left him and he woke up and got out, or if, like, the firemen hauled him out. One way or another, he is now conscious and out of the burning building. Yep. And he comes up to Buffy, and he apologizes. But she just knocks him out again. The end. Yeah. Woo, I that's mean, triple it, brain damage. Mm-hmm. At least he apologized. He did. He did apologize. But once again, David, I was reminded of your, uh, <laughs> your, your, your repeated and deserving harangue about how significant head injuries are so easily laughed off on TV. Well, they're also easily inflicted because she didn't even look like she hit him that hard a few times, and he's just she like out like a super like, strength. I know. I know. Does she? Generally? Yes, she does. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. She has like mild, like a little bit of super strength, a little bit of like super endurance kind of stuff. Can she shoot lasers from her eyes? Yeah. No, she just can like warm a bagel. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> if I could toast with my eyes, I'd be doing it all the time. <laughs> quick, quick, uh, quick, mildly related question. Uh-huh. Um, so you know how, like, on the toaster, it has little numbers on it? Yeah. Did you guys know that those numbers correspond to the number of minutes your toast will be down in the little toaster carriage? No. Yeah. It's like, the one, if you set it to the one, it means it'll be toasted for one minute. No, it doesn't. It's just how strong the toasting. How does... And it gets that strong based on the amount of time <laughs> it's kept in the. Is that universal for all toasters? I'm pretty sure. I always uh, put I think it on. I was talking about three. your toaster, Austin. Anybody what? else? Three. Three is the right toast number. I just know Does that Pop Tarts is not the right setting for Pop Tarts. I do. You are 100% about that, David. Oh, <laughs> Pop Tarts is not an amount of time. Pop Tarts is one. <laughs> do it on a one. 
Yeah. yeah. Also, also, bagel is rarely the right amount of time for a bagel. Yeah, three to four. We don't have bagel or pop tart buttons. We just oh. have numbers. We got fancy ass toasters out here, David. What? Yeah. Oh, you guys in your. Are sure some microwave? Those have food buttons. Yeah. Are we done? We are. <laughs> well. We are done. Uh, I was. I was gonna ask. I think we thoroughly covered how this. How this did it? Not very. And well. not presenting its message. It's, well, it's not about anything. No, it's, no. It's it's, like a- it's it's about something very specific, which people, everybody, should learn this if you don't know it already. And the message is this: Don't piss off your servers because you never know what they're going to put in your food or drink. That's true. Oh, that is a you. good. That's true. That is. That's a very good point, David. The messages have a magic brother-in-law who <laughs> casts spells of fury upon your our tribals slash patrons. Yeah, this yeah. is true. Um, but this does seem to be a case of like if this is the worst ever of this show, then it's it's a testament to it being a pretty good show, I think, because this yeah. wasn't really this wasn't like terrible. Yeah, right. it was just it was pretty bad. It's just boring. I think if I feel like. yeah. I can yeah. see how it's like a dud of an episode of a good show. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Like Which is that, uh, yeah. very much what we were trying to, yeah. to do. Yeah. Rats off to you, Austin. First good, bad episode. Mm-hmm. But this isn't like a famously like super shitty. No, right? it's it's like, just amongst Buffy fans. I mean, you can yeah. ask pretty much any any uh, Buffy fan. Like, well, what's the worst episode? They'll say beer bad. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So let's do uh, let's do a quick mailbag. Segment. Oh, we get so much mail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. As as always, um, we apologize for not doing this more frequently. We have some mail here dating back to, uh, like you know February ish. <laughs> um. Because yeah, oh, that's a little while. Yeah, we're not reading very good. emails hard. Sorry. Hey, wait, hold on. Hey, David. You what up? Yeah. We're gonna do the mail bag. Yeah. Oh, I'm always worried that I'm gonna get hit in my mail bag. Good prompting. Edit out the parts where we set it up too hard. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's totally. Totally. But well, then I have to be like, not so i like, well, I'm always worried about getting hit in my mail bag. Whoa, waka waka. Uh, I, it was funnier when you said it before we started recording. Yeah. <laughs> that was good, though. It was good. This is true. Uh, here's a letter from Jennifer Brown. All right. uh, Jennifer writes, Hi, guys. Love the show. You oh, regularly keep me in stitches during my hour-long commute through Atlanta traffic. Oh. However, this has been Uh-oh. bugging me for a while. Uh-oh. Why does David say the real gentleman of leisure? Austin <laughs> pronounces it leisure, as Thank do you. I. Can we get Ryan and Carolyn to weigh in on who is correct? Oh, fuck you, what? David. You what got called out. Are you going with leisure, Carol? Mm, what were you going to say? I'm waiting on you. Uh, Neither of us wants to say fuck I just wanted to say fuck you, David, because this lady <laughs> called him out in a letter, and because the last lady, or the first werewolf, liked Austin. So it's yeah. just, I wanted to pile on David really fast. Um, That's our thing. I say leisure, but yeah. in my brain, I read it leisure. Oh, really? I'm just yeah. leisure both ways. I like leisure both ways. <laughs> um, yeah, you do. Downside. Yeah. It's leisure suit, Larry. It's not leisure suit, Larry. Totally, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's different depending on the context. It well, is a leisure suit, but then you do something at your leisure. Oh, 
That's yeah. true. Fine. That's true. Yeah. So what's the context for your site? We are gentlemen of leisure. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose that's uh that probably means you are correct. Uh, no, no. But we voted that Austin's right. <laughs> I, I mean I'm not I'm not gonna change at this point. Come on. Mm-hmm. This isn't debate club. Right? I'm a thirty seven year old white male. You expect me to change my behavior now? Come on. Uh, goodness. uh let's see, we got another email here. Uh this is from oh I'm gonna butcher this name. Demi Agapitos? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, totally. I know her. She yeah, you know her. She yeah, She said I had a voice like an angel once, so you know. Yeah, yeah she is from uh she is a, a Saved by the Bell reviewed listener oh, wow. who uh who wrote to us um uh a while back. I think we read this uh I think we had to have read this on our Saved by the Bell show about how she met someone on match.com and uh the guy on the profile said that he was an avid podcast listener, and she figured that was a good way to start the conversation. Oh, and, yeah. Um, they ended up, like, getting together, and uh, to this day, she says, we owe our relationship to Save by the wow. Bell and Save by the Bell. They made yeah. love for the first time listening to So that, uh, guys, we can only assume. They listen to our podcast? They fuck every, they can only fuck. <laughs> <laughs> How many people do you think that's true? I'd say, like, a thousand if you fuck through our podcast, send us a postcard. If you yeah. can only fuck through our podcast, I'm going to say a thousand people. Don't, can only but, but not an email. We want a postcard yeah. <laughs> from the city you're please, fucking in. Please draw a stick figure of you fucking your family <laughs> yeah. and email it to Austin via postcard. Via postcard. Email the so, postcard. Did we get an update from her? We, we did. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we did yeah, get yeah. an update. So that oh, was an cool. email that she sent us mm-hmm. in uh, September of 2016. To our old uh, SBTV so Gmail before, box. I'm just gonna say that I really hope that this is gonna be good news, yeah, and not bad news attributed to us. I mean, I always hope that, but we've been yeah. doing okay, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about the shitty relationship that got started mm-hmm. because I listened to your. So show. then, uh, April of this year, she wrote to us again at our new yeah. address and said, "Hi guys, I just wanted to let you know that back in November, I got engaged." Oh yeah. They are getting married in November of this year, and I still blame you for it and just wanted to say thank you. Podcasts are something that we still love together, and if it wasn't for yours, we might have never connected. Don't ever, don't ever stop making shows. Forever a fan, Demi. Yeah. Oh, you guys, we get to have their first child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, I feel like she cursed us because we... we can't ever stop making shows. <laughs> I know. Horrible. Carolyn, you're suggesting we're Rumple Stiltskinning her <laughs> child? Is that? The I'm idea? gonna go catch the baby in an elevator and commit <laughs> Saved by the Bell, the podcast junior. <laughs> <laughs> I hope she invites us to her wedding. Yeah. Yeah. I'd expect nothing less. Wedding. Yeah. I'm <laughs> gonna eat so many pieces of cake. She'll <laughs> invite us, and then we'll all be like, "Ah, oh, shit, we can't afford to fly there." That's yeah. true. <laughs> uh, so then I have one more email from William Pruitt. Uh, he says, "Hi, Carolyn, Ryan, David, and Austin. Hi. I've, Hi. I have never written to a podcast before, Aww. but I have been listening to you guys since the original Saved by the Bell reviewed. I greatly enjoyed Saved by the Bell reviewed, and was excited when you started the ABSE podcast. You all play off each other so well." Aww. I also feel that each of you represent a part of my personality, and it's fun to hear those parts interact. Carolyn is my outspoken and sometimes crude humor side, 
Never let anyone tell you you should stop that, Carolyn. More power to you. Thank you. David David is my self-deprecating side, always willing to be the butt of the joke to make others laugh. He said butt. David is a great and willing (laughs) butt. Yeah. David's a really good butt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Austin is my semi-serious side, trying to keep things in order when it's off the rails. (laughs) And Ryan is my brother in academia. I am a college professor teaching criminal justice. Uh, You almost put great effort and time into this podcast, and it may seem thankless at times, so let me say thank you for hours of laughs. Oh, that was nice. And then he also tells us that he uh, loves the Golden Girls and uh, humbly submits four possible Golden Girl episodes Mm. to cover in the future. It is probably uh, only a matter of time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, I could go on, but I think you get the point. Keep up the great work, and I can't wait to hear the next episode. And that is the most timely email we've ever responded to, because he sent that in like nine hours ago. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh wow. Right so look at that. Hot off the um, So off- let's definitely do one of his Golden Girls pick. I mean, I'll do it soon if anyone else does. Yeah. Because we're overdue for a Golden Girl. Yeah, mm-hmm. we are. We are. We need to get some Golden Girls in there. Well, thanks we we for need to reading- figure out. Which of the Golden Girls each of us is? Oh, oh right. yeah. I bet that guy just solved it for us, our listener. There, he, he broke yeah. it down. I'm the college teacher at Golden Girls. <laughs> 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 You're the hoe for show. Oh, uh, well, thanks for the mailbag. That was yeah. a walk through letters. Thank you, listeners. It's really great to hear from you. Sometimes I forget that even people I don't see every week on the internet like the podcast. So thank you. It, it makes me feel less shame and dread <laughs> for that we do this. Yeah. It's yeah, always it's, good to hear from, from listeners. It's always a good time touching the mailbag. Yeah. yeah, it was soft and gentle. It wasn't a Yeah, exactly. It's it not a like punching bag. You know? David's mailbag. <laughs> mix the letters up. Mm-hmm. So, David, if somebody wanted to gently touch your mailbag online. Oh, yeah. How might they go about doing that? Uh, just send me a note as fast as possible that uh, <laughs> at Dr. Bits, that's doctor spelled out, on Twitter, or you can go to therealgentlemanofleasure.com. And uh, Carolyn, how about you? You can find me, uh, Carolyn Main, on Twitter, C-A-R-O-L-Y-N-M-A-I-N, like the street. Carolyn Main on Tumblr, Carolyn Main on Facebook, post some art, and I have a spinoff podcast where we pitch movie screenplays in 60 seconds, a little bit more than that, called Pitch Please, and uh, you can listen to the podcast of our live shows at Pitch Please on the River City Podcast Federation, that's on iTunes as well, and you can go by the card deck at pitchplease.fun or amazon.com. And uh, Ryan, same questions also to you. Uh, you can reach me at oh yes very nice at gmail.com I actually got a really nice donation from Liam Wood this week who read Full House Reviewed for he's read it several times in a row and he sent me some money because I guess he got a decent job since he's been reading it so reading Full House Reviewed clearly helps you find a good job (laughs) that uh, that logic tracks my friend I was hanging out with just said how much they've been enjoying it recently oh cool your reviewed your written one so yeah that one's cool it keeps coming back yeah, I got a letter from Lisa Sims this week, too, which I got to write her back. I try to write everyone back who writes me, um, which is weird because I didn't get anything for the last, like, two years about philosophy. <laughs> two things in a week. But anyway, it was very nice. Yeah. When, it, yeah. when it rains, it pours. I know. Two <laughs> things. <laughs> uh, oh, yes, very nice at Gmails where you can send me 
money through PayPal if you're a good person. Uh, <laughs> it's also OSRNice is my website, OSRNice.com, and uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. You can look up OHYES, very nice, and that's where you can find me online. And uh, Ryan, if somebody wanted to uh, to read your aforementioned Full House reviewed, where might they do that? Where is it? Is it still fullhousereview.com? Yeah, I think you can do that. No, I think you just go to fullhousereview.com and they'll direct you to where you need to go. Okay. If also, it says you can just to download a cookie, click yes, and then you'll go in the dark web and then you can read mm-hmm. it, right? Yeah, and you can also just Google Full House Reviewed. And yeah. that'll get you on yeah. there too. But yeah, you are you are correct, David. If you just do fullhousereview.com, it'll it'll get you where you need to go. Uh, a great one where we all come from 100 <laughs> things ago yep uh, as for me uh, you can come on twitter and uh, talk about Buffy with me at Austin Gorton and you can read my writing at the realgentlemanofleisure.com uh, as for our show a very special episode uh, you can follow us on twitter at avsepod uh, you can check out our facebook page Facebook.com slash AVSEpod. Uh, email us at AVSEpodcast at gmail.com. And maybe in any frame of time between nine hours and several months after you send us an email, we may read it on the show. Uh, and, of course, you can download our show on uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Podbean, uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. I, I really hope there's a buffet at that wedding. <laughs> <laughs> buffet weddings are, I mean, that's that's always the, you feel like you win out when it's a buffet wedding. I'm going to get kicked out of that wedding if it has a buffet. Are you just going to, like, pick up a steam tray full of food and bring it back to your table? Just I'm just going to keep coming back. <laughs> be careful because one of their stepbrothers might be a warlock and you're going to get hexed. Yeah. It would be worth it. Right. When, like, when, like friends of yours get married, when, yeah. are they like, should we do a plated dinner or a buffet? And then one of them's like, well, we're inviting Ryan, so yep. it's probably in our best interest to do a plated dinner. Yep. They were like, we'll have no dowry left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for a very special episode, I am Austin Gorton, insisting that beer, in fact, good. That was a very special episode We dissected that shit from head to toe Did the time fly by or was it slow? Got so many life lessons Oh how we've grown Seen so much TV that we're gonna explode Next time on a very special episode All right, so uh, our first email here is from uh, uh, Wolfman Cap. <laughs> oh, yeah. To, uh, Any relation to uh, like Seth Green? Uh, Definitely. No, no relation to, uh, to Seth Green. They're uh, not all related, David. <laughs> yeah, not, all, not all werewolves, David. He, he writes... Uh, That's reg- really brave of him to just be out an out werewolf like yeah. that. Right, and then you have to shame him and be like, oh, is he related to this yeah. other one werewolf I know? I like, know, like they're all related. Like they all just live in a like house Like they all together, like talk like to David. each other and have a newsletter. And they're like, oh, how are we going to take David's jobs away, right? That's all that you think they're like, And that being said, they're second cousins. <laughs> <laughs>
So it just so happens that they are related. It's one instance, David. All right. So Wolfman Cap writes, regarding Austin's action figure budget. Oh, yeah. What the fuck, you all? That was some mean stuff busted on my boy like that. Austin is a champion, and you all took him to task just for wanting to buy some Boba Fett's rude. Austin's an icon, and I'm glad he is doing better financially. I also have run that scam, too. Why Austin was like, hey, let's do the mail this week. All these pro-Austin players. I believe we've already read this mail on the podcast. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Did yeah, is this the letter yes. tattooed on your back? Uh, <laughs> I like well, the letter. Uh, I like hearing it again. You can finish it, but this will be our second. It, yeah. We read it briefly. I believe it was recorded. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, then anyway. we'll then I'll just cut all that out, and we'll go to this no, letter. No, it was funny. I love that one. Awesome yeah, icon. Moving on. It really on. worked well with our Wolfman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's true. We need that. That's true. Anyway. He uh he gave you guys all some shit for giving me a hard time about. Is it like specific? Is it like your stupid face, Ryan? <laughs> yeah, let's no, go over no, it. They have to hearing. listen to on the podcast. No, they, they can't see. Tired it. of listening to your stupid face. Okay, let's find a little let's shut the window so I can have it all mm-hmm. the same. Yeah, yeah get you Okay. <clears throat> Alright. Remember when we said ready? Mm-mm. No. Alright. <laughs> <right>. Uh <laughs> go to hell, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> 